Hey, it's Sandeep. Hey, it's Patrick. Welcome to Moments of Brilliance, a podcast about life, laughter, and raising daughters. Happy Friday, everybody. It is, of course, Friday, October the 13th. Somehow it's October already, and Halloween is almost here. I don't know how that happened. And it is also Friday the 13th. Friday to the 13th. That's right. Thank you to those who have already liked and subscribed to the show. Uh, we appreciate any of you who like and subscribe. That sends it out to anybody else who has not heard us yet. And maybe there's a lot of really interested listeners out there. Uh, I am happy to say we are now officially on Apple Podcasts. So for those of you, uh, that's that's a wonderful thing. A lot of people listen on Apple Podcasts. So if you're listening on another program and you want to listen on Apple, go ahead and do it. So last week, that being said, we are also on iHeartRadio, um, TuneIn, Amazon Music, and a bunch of other ones too. So you can find us almost anywhere now, including YouTube podcasts, because this one is a YouTube podcast. Awesome. That's fantastic. So last week, we had a great discussion about the first year after our children were born. And uh, I think we learned a lot of good stuff last week. We got some really good comments on the show. Lots of people liking the format. Lots of people saying how it really resonated with them in their first year. So I think uh, keep those comments coming. We, uh, we like them. We use them. And uh, we're doing everything we can to get better every week. So keep them coming. On today's yeah, for sure. Yes. On today's show, we are going to be talking about the time before diapers and daycare. What does that mean? We're talking about our past, our childhoods. We wanted to step back in time a little bit and sort of give you a sense of who we are and how we learn some of our parenting styles through good and or bad things that uh, our parents maybe did. But before we get into that, uh, Sandeep, how was your week? Anything exciting going on? Um, well, we had that meet the teacher night last night. How was that for you? It was uh, it was interesting. You definitely see some interesting parents. Um, yeah. And, and you start to learn how why some kids are the way they are. Um, so you see some very interesting similarities uh, in some parents and kids. Some good, some less good uh but certainly it's always interesting to hear some of the, the conversations that people are having with their teacher but other than that i think it was a pretty good night uh yeah it was fun right we patrick and i and the families got together and we uh we had dinner before we went over went over to the school and luckily it was just a short walk um we went there and it was like nice and warm and you know like springish weather fallish weather almost and we come back and it almost felt like winter oh man, we were eating like ice cream on the way home and everyone was just like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? <laughs> yeah, our children wanted ice cream and I don't know why they wanted ice cream, but uh, but my daughter would eat ice cream 24-7, so that's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, it was an interesting night. Uh, lots of kids, lots of teachers, and you know, it was fun. It was nice to see the kids showing us the classroom. And this is the second year that they're doing it because they're in senior kindergarten, but I don't know about you, but it was nice to see that she had a lot more, at least my daughter did, a lot more like confidence walking us around the classroom and saying, hey, we do we do this here, we do that here, and our teacher teaches this, this. And it was cool to see, whereas compared to last year in junior kindergarten, she was just a little bit more timid and shy while she was walking us around. Yeah, yeah, it was the same for me as well. Uh, really good. Really, mostly we just wanted to go talk to the teacher, find out uh, 
how our daughter is because I don't know about a lot of you out there. But when our daughter comes home, we're like, what did you do today? Played nothing. So it was good to hear what they're actually doing and to hear how you're, you know, how our kid actually is in school. Because, you know, we used to get feedback when she was in daycare that, oh, we always know when she's not here because it's so quiet in the class. And and now apparently she's doing much better uh, and is able to kind of contain herself and actually sit and listen, and which made me pretty happy. So I was happy to hear about that. You know what? That's a good point. Um, I felt the same way. Like I didn't know what my child was doing at school every day because I got the same answers. Like we played or I played with this so-and-so or so-and-so. So one day I like contacted the teacher and she was so nice. She has a great teacher. Our, our kids don't have the same teachers, by the way, if anyone's wondering. Um, so my um, my kid's teacher emailed me right back or actually called me during her lunch break. So I was quite amazed because she has, you know, I'm, I assume they have such a busy day and such a short amount of lunch period. And she called me back and she's like, she broke it down for me, like what their curriculum was and, you know, how it's more play based. And, you know, it was a little bit of an eye opener. So for any dads out there are wondering or concerned that, you know, what the heck? What is my kid up to? Or you don't know what they're doing all day? Hopefully your teacher will break it down for you. Yeah. And you'll have. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Ours uh, ours definitely said give her a call anytime. She'd love to talk to us. And it's nice. great because the, uh, the, the EA in our class, um, or the ECE, I guess um, it's called, um, she's always willing to talk. We see her in the morning when we drop uh, our daughter off for before school, and she's always willing to talk and tell us how things are going. So. There. Ask your teacher. Don't be afraid to talk to them. They're quite happy to talk to you. Definitely. Let's kick it off, Patrick. All right. So, well, we've got some interesting questions this week. So I'm going to start off. So Sandeep, what was your childhood like? You know, what were your parents like? What were you kind of like as a kid, as a teenager? What, what was that like? What were you like? All right. Well, that's a full spectrum of questions. Um, Keep it simple for today. Yeah, I'll... I'll I'll keep it very high level. Um, my parents, they're immigrants and they came here in the late seventies. Um, I mean, I have an Indian background and there was a huge Indian population in Africa at the time. So my parents were actually born in Africa. Uh, they both immigrated here in the late seventies, I think about 79 and me and my older brother, I have three brothers, by the way, I'm the middle child. Uh, me and my older brother were born in the eighties. So, the 80s, 90s is where we grew up. Mainly the 90s is what I remember. Um, so, you know, Commodore 64s, Super Nintendos, and, you know, playing outdoors and just being outside, playing with your neighbor friends. And that that's that's how I grew up. Um, and then we, we lived in Markham, Ontario. I was born in Scarborough, but we moved really early on. Went to Markham, Ontario. Spent probably... My, I was probably about eight or nine, probably just when I hit, finished grade three, we moved to another school in Markham. So it was probably like 10 minutes down the road, but, um, really amazing times. I remember everything, almost everything, even my kindergarten teacher's name, Miss Robertson. Um, I don't know if you remember your kindergarten teacher's name. Actually do. Her name was Mrs. Soper. I don't know how I remember that. So yes, I do. You're not as old as you think. I, I still am old, but we'll get into that in a minute. Yeah. So moved to Markham to another school in Markham. But surprisingly, I still have friends from both schools. So I have a friend from kindergarten that I keep. He's my best friend. He's been my best man. Um, 
yeah, we're still really good friends. Um, and then, you know, as, as the years went on, as I progressed as a teenager, you know, I was, I was one of those, I, you know, I kept my nose clean. I, I didn't get into any trouble that people would talk about. You know, I got into internal troubles and things like that with my friends and all that. So I was one of those kids who got up to no good, you know, like I would be the one who would dare my friends to do something or they would be the one to dare me. And, you know, like we didn't try to get into a lot of like hurtful play or anything like that, but you know, things boys do growing up. That's absolutely. I remember those. Yes. How about you? What was it like for you growing up? So I grew up in a smaller town, uh, 30,000 people uh, called St. Thomas, Ontario. So for those of you who don't know, St. Thomas, Ontario is the home of Joe Thornton and Rachel McAdams. So uh, both of them were there. They're actually both the same age as I am. We were born in the late 70s. Um, And for those, no, I did not know them. I met them, but I don't know them. Um, it was a small town. My, my family, I actually grew up Catholic. Um, my grandmother who passed when I was two was like the president of the Catholic women's league. So very religious early upbringing. Um, so, you know, we went to church every Sunday. I actually went to Catholic elementary school. It was, uh, it was an interesting upbringing, but you know, I grew up with, uh, with boomer parents and, you know, I had a, a father who dropped out of high school young because, you know, his father died very young. So he had to go work uh, and to support his mother because his father didn't believe in life insurance. So, you know, my my dad went and worked on the railroad. He went and did just a bunch of odd jobs. So pretty much throughout my entire childhood, he was always in between jobs and did a lot of sales, but never really had anything super steady. So we were always pretty tight on money. I mean, we almost went bankrupt at one point in my childhood. So it was a very kind of, you know, we weren't, we were fairly poor, um, lower middle, if you want to kind of put it that way. My mom always had the same steady job in customer service at a company. But I think, you know, for, for me as a, as a kid, um, I had to grow up pretty fast um, with some of those things. So I actually had my first job when I was nine. Um, delivered newspapers for seven days a week when I was nine, nine, nine years, years old. old. Yeah, I was nine years old. So I have wow. essentially been working since I was nine, which, you know, for those of you out there, I'm almost 46 Ooh. now. So I've been working for a long time. Um, 35 years. I think I had odd jobs here and there. So it was, uh, it was good. But I think as a kid, teenager, um, I was kind of a little bugger. Uh, I, I had some friends that would cause trouble in the neighborhood and I would kind of just follow them. Um, so, you know, there was some broken windows and some, you know, on Halloween we would dress up in black and pretend we were army guys, but it was really just to go out and cause havoc in the neighborhood with eggs and toilet paper and all that kind of good stuff. So I'm really hoping my daughter doesn't get that, but I can certainly spot, uh, I'll be able to spot all the nasty things. Cause of course, I mean, I had my first beer when I was 13, I was drinking when I was like 16, like it was just what you did in a small town. There was nothing to do. So like, those are the kinds of things that I did. So I'm hoping I'll be able to spot those things. So interesting. Yeah. That was kind of, that was really sort of my, my, my upbringing. You know, I had 
I had some girlfriends and, you know, there was this one girl that I thought, oh, you know, I'll be with her forever. I was 15 years old. And, and uh, so, but it was just, it's what you did as a, as a small, you know, as a kid in a small town, it's all you kind of knew. So. Did everyone know everyone in that town? No, that was the good part about it being 30,000. You didn't know everybody though. Yeah. Certainly, you know, when I, I, I disliked Catholic school. So when I had the chance to go to a public high school, I took it. Um, because mm. honestly, back then in a Catholic high school, they didn't teach you about contraception. They didn't teach you about evolution, any of that back then. So like I didn't learn about evolution or any of those, any of that kind of stuff outside of the church until I went to high school. And I was like, this is a different world. Now I have a very different view on, on religion. We won't go there cause I don't want to offend anybody, but uh, needless to say, it is not Catholic. So we'll, uh, we'll kind of go from there. So I think that's really, I mean, kind of me in a quick nutshell, uh, growing up, uh, very different. So, you know, that's oh, really cool. Yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was a bit different. So, you know, so you say you broke, broke windows as a kid. See, I was a kid that didn't break windows, but would still have fun. It's yeah. interesting how, yeah, yeah. I was a, I was kind of a bugger. Uh, and, uh, I think my, oh, don't get me wrong. I, I was a bugger too, man. I was like, my parents knew. I got, I got. My parents knew your it parents. too. So, oh, my poor mother. Yeah, she had a hard time with us three boys, and yeah, too. So, uh, you know, your your upbringing. How did that really kind of form how you raised your daughter? Were there any things that from your upbringing did it change how you raised your daughter, or is it changing you know, how you're raising your daughters? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, my, my upbringing, I, I've noticed like mentality shifts from my parents growing up. I noticed when we were really young, like, I guess because they were like about our age when they had kids. Right. So, you know, life, life was good. Sure. It was busy with kids, but you know, they, they were always like the social neighbors. We had one neighbor to the left that was a white family. We had one neighbor to the right that was a black family. And I lived on a street that was very multicultural. So we were the kids always like going to people's homes, people's backyards and, you know, just hanging out. You know, we'd be those kids that, you know, another parent would bring us home and be like, is this your kid? <laughs> so, you know, growing up, like my parents were very like open-minded and everything. And then somewhere down the road, I, th I don't know if it's when we moved or somewhere I, I don't know. I can't really pinpoint the exact time it happened. I noticed that there, I noticed in hindsight now, but back then I didn't really notice, but that they started to become very closed minded that they didn't really want to share too much with the outside world anymore. And that, that's what they were teaching us also. So, you know, as kids, you don't really know any better. You listen to your mom and dad and you don't really, you know, share what they ask you to share. Um, so I think growing up, like it just after a while, you know, just started becoming more like them and, you know, being closed, um, didn't share too much information with friends. I had a lot of friends, but, you know, I kept to myself a lot. Um, and I feel like, you know, growing up and as an adult, you know, that that wasn't very healthy. And I wish I wasn't like that, uh, but it was a good lesson to learn because that's something that I'm not teaching my daughters how to be. Um, I want them to be open 
I want the lines of communication to always be open. I don't want them to be scared if they make mistakes, failures. I encourage them actually. So, you know, my, my daughters were doing a bit of homework yesterday and they're like, daddy, can you help me? I'm like, try it on your own. I don't, it doesn't matter if you make mistakes. I want you to make mistakes right now until you'll get better and better. So, so things like that, like, um, I want them to be open. I, I see them now and I hope it continues that they're very open-minded people. They, they say hi to everyone and they talk to everyone and they want to play with everyone. And I know that things are going to change as they grow, but you know, I just, I'll, I'll, I just want to do my best to make sure that mom and dad are always here for you, no matter what, you know, whether it's good or bad, you know, we want you to talk to us and, you know, just be open and free. And, you know, that I think that's one thing that I noticed growing up that I don't want to like pass along to my children. You know, I want them to be open-minded individuals. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's an amazing trait to, to sort of have, be able to do that. And I can certainly relate to that. I mean, growing up, um, my father was, I guess what you would call a functioning alcoholic, if that's a real term. Um, he would not drink during the day, but as soon as he got home at night, he, he would drink and you never know what dad you were going to get. So I was always afraid of his mood. So if I dropped a glass or did anything wrong, he was either going to freak out or say nothing. And I mean, I don't, I don't want that for my daughter. My mom was so calm. She was this amazingly calm woman. Um, and I use the term was for both of them. Unfortunately, my dad passed in 1999 and my mom passed a year before my daughter was born. Um, so both my parents um, have passed away. They were not healthy people. Uh, my dad was a heavy smoker, heavy drinker, ate terribly. Uh, my mom had a disease. Uh, so, you know, she was, her days were always kind of numbered really but you know she lived a good long life and had some pretty good quality but uh i think really when i think about how my upbringing changed it's like i never wanted to have i don't want to have that temper and i don't want to like i don't i don't drink anymore um not that i was ever a massively heavy drinker but i don't drink and i never want and i obviously don't smoke and any of those things so i i've you know i changed a lot of those things and like my parents, they didn't go to college. They didn't have great, amazing jobs. And I've tried to change all that completely. So I, you know, I'm one of those, you know, according to my therapist, one of those 5% who get out of their scenario and kind of make something of themselves and do something different. So I've done all that. And we waited so long to have kids so that we were established so that we could do that. And I think really, you know, the advice I would give anybody out there, if you're struggling or if you're having a day where you are trying to do all those things and you do have and show emotion or, you know, you give in to your daughter, it's okay. It's all right to every now and then people have feelings. And this is something, you know, I've continued to learn that it's okay to have feelings. You don't have to feel guilty as long as it's not something you're doing all the time, like screaming or yelling or definitely like, you know, hitting never. I, I used to get hit as a kid all the time. I'd get grounded all the time. So it was certainly a very different things. And those are things that really stuck with me that I'm trying not to do any of it with my daughter. Now, sometimes I swing the other way and I'm, you know, don't give her trouble for anything and I buy her anything she wants. But at the same time, I'm also trying not to raise 
a spoiled brat. So there's that balance of the middle where it's like you have to be firm, but like not not completely go over the edge. But at the same time, it's also like you can't swing the other way completely. It is a balance that I try to strike daily, um, definitely with every, with my daughter. Every time you say swing and strike, I'm like thinking, what, what's going on? You, you talk about hitting? <laughs> Just... <laughs> Yeah. Oh uh, no, no. I, I, I completely appreciate you sharing that story. Um, you know, that's another thing. Like I remember you just bringing up. Like you just talked about feelings. Like growing up, you know, as boys and in a boys household, and always having boyfriend, not boyfriends, always having friends that are boys. You know, you don't really talk about feelings. You don't really like get into that or anything, right? And you always just shove them away. And then, as soon as we had daughters and became parents. It's not even about having daughters. It's just understanding like as, as an adult that all feelings, all emotions are relevant. You know, no matter if you're sad, angry, if you have love, if you have hate, they're all relevant yeah. and you just need to let them pass. They, they because absolutely are. They, they are like pebbles in a stream. They just need to pass. And, you know, growing up, we never let them pass. We just be like, oh, I shouldn't be feeling this way. And I just like, you know, I shouldn't be feeling this way. And you, you get angry at yourself and then, that leads to anxiousness and, you know, it could lead to depression down the road, but learning this, like, uh, as a parent now, like you notice like all the, the whole spectrum of emotions that kids go through. Oh, it's it, it, absolutely. I mean, it's so different. So, you know, growing up, so I have a brother, he's, I, he's an older brother and, um, he's gay. Uh, he's, he's, he has a wonderful husband and growing up, I mean, he always kind of knew he was, and there was this anxiety in him that he always felt different, like a different person. And I remember he told my father, I think when he was, I think he was 19. So my father was still alive. And the reaction was like, it was almost like you're dead to me. That kind of reaction. Oh, really? Yeah, it was, it was not good. And, and certainly you know, before he passed, they reconciled, which was great. But like, we grew up in a household where like, gay is not a thing. There was, you know, I, I, I knew I could have told you every racial slur that there was for any kind of person. Like, because my dad was this old boomer who was worked on the railroad. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it was part of the Optimus Club and it had all these like, old like friends and it was just all these old cronies and that's what he knew and that's all he knew and for me i i i'm like i didn't know any different until i moved out of saint thomas and the world is much bigger and you need to go experience the world and you need to understand that all of that stuff is not okay so like when it comes to raising my daughter if she does if she is gay if she is trans if she is anything i never ever ever want it to be like she has to come out and it's a thing i just want her to come home and be able to say for instance this is my girlfriend whatever or i don't feel right in my body like i don't want it to be a big event i don't need her to have stress and anxiety over that i just want it to be a thing and i think that comes from my growing up and the way that it wasn't talked about. You didn't do that. It was just, it was like the worst thing you could ever think about. And and I yeah. always think, what would it, what would my dad think of today's world? And 
I would like to hope that he would change and be different because, um, you know, my brother is who he is and he's, he's hopefully would help my father be accepting, but I don't know, it'd be different. But certainly for me, that is absolutely changed how I'm raising my daughter. I never want her to feel wrong or different or anything. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I, I feel the same way. Like I, I, you know, like that's why I want to keep the, op- the communication lines as open as I, as I can for, you know, if, if, it ever comes to a moment like that. I mean, like, I don't want them to like feel afraid, like growing up, um, you know, relationships wasn't really a thing in my household. So if you mentioned the world girlfriend, like it would be like a big thing, even though like we were boys. Um, I think it was just a cultural thing, like, and then moving to Canada and like having just a little bit of a family here and just settling in roots, their roots and growing them and all that. Like they didn't really, yeah, believe in you know dating they didn't really believe in they didn't believe in dating but they got married how do they not believe in dating well because from where they come from it's like arranged marriages right and worse so that was an ignorant question for anybody out there i apologize it, it would basically be like the parents marrying their kids off with other parents so like you know like so there, there would be a community of people and it was who you knew and like if and the parents would just honestly handle i don't know i don't want to call it negotiation but that was the that's how dating was back then especially if you lived in a you know population a community of you know indian people um I'm, i know there's a lot more other cultures out there that do the same thing and wow still do um but Wow. Yeah, like so so like dating was not a thing and so like I always needed to hide myself if I if I was dating or if I had was if I was in a relationship it would you know I did test the waters you know I did test the waters and say hey you know like you know if there was a girl at school I'd just bring up the word girlfriend and no it wouldn't oh. it wouldn't be cool at home yeah yeah so it was very strange growing up as as a dude and I had to like completely shut that entire part of my life out from my parents like i needed to hide it all and i became really good at hiding it and and so it makes me very good at covering my tracks so i hope that's one thing i can recognize with my daughters is covering tracks yeah 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 well i have a feeling with with my upbringing and with how i was i'm hoping i can recognize a lot of stuff so we'll see how that goes so that's been i mean it's been pretty heavy for most of it so far but let's let's switch to a bit of a positive question here that, that you know it's a little more positive what is a lesson that your parent or you know any caregiver taught you that you still teach your daughter today daughters i should say huh a lesson that i still teach my daughters today um i well growing up my my mom was always um always giving um Whenever I brought my friends over, she would be the one to like, she would be excited that like, you know, all my friends are over at the house um, and they're at our house. So like, she, I guess she could have a like peace of mind that I wasn't just somewhere else. Um, so she would always be the one that would like, you know, bring over some snacks, some treats, some food, you know, some knickknacks. Like now, now with grandchildren and everything, she brings, she, she used to work at a, she used to work at Scholastics uh, the, in the factory. So she she saved up a lot of books so now she gives all her grandchildren books and 
friends of her grandchildren's. If she's ever there, she'll she'll give them books. So she's always giving in that sense. So I'm I'm always trying to teach my my daughters, you know, the the powerful act of giving rather than receiving. It's been a challenge, um, especially with you know like three to five year olds. You know, like that concept yes. doesn't really make sense. Nope. No, I've been trying. Like, let's give this toy to some other kid. No, because I need it. Of course, you haven't touched it in a year, but yeah, you definitely need that that toy for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I just find like I'm not gonna give up, right? And I've noticed like things that we have not given up on are starting to resonate after like two three years. So I think that two three year mark is when you start to see your child's behavior start to pick up on the things that you feel like you've been nagging about yeah. for those two, three years. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I think. How about you? I mean, it's another lesson from my mother as well. So, you know, it seems to be the, the mothers giving the lessons here. So shout out to all the mothers out there. Um, for, my mom was a very quiet woman. Um, she didn't say a lot, never did. She was never boisterous, but she was always very accepting of people. So when my brother came out to her, she was like, okay, cool. Right. Let's go over here and have this dinner. Like it wasn't a thing. She just didn't, didn't make a deal out of it. As a matter of fact, um, later on, my brother and his husband actually ended up living with my mother. And for a few years, my, my brother went and lived in Toronto and his husband actually lived with my mother um, to help take care of her back in St. Thomas um, and oh, wow. they ended up best friends. So like really? when my mom passed away, it was as hard or harder on my brother's husband than it was on, on us. And it was probably just as hard uh, on him. And because he lost his best friend and they actually ended up like he took care of her. He did everything. And, and my mom was always very accepting. I mean, after my dad passed away, I would, have friends that needed a place to stay. She just like, yeah, whatever. It's fine. They can stay over. And it was just nothing. She was so giving and caring. And, you know, she was just always thinking about other people. But did she ever say those words? Never. It was her actions. And I think for me, actions always speak so loud over mm -hmm. just words. Because she never said anything. She never said, oh, I accept your brother. Or... Uh, I accept his partner or any of that kind of stuff. She just had actions. She didn't have, she didn't really have a lot of negative stuff to say about anybody. She was just the sweetest, the sweetest woman. So I think for me, those are the things that I took from her. It's really nice. She valued happiness. So I guess like her actions all like follow that. Very much so. So we're going to, that's really, um, yeah. Sorry. I, I just wanted to say one more thing. Go ahead. You know, like we're, we're talking about our parents and all that, you know, like it's, and we talk about the negatives, but we also talk about the positives. But I think as parents now, I think we look back at our parents and, we, you know, back before when we were parents, we were like, oh, why were my parents like this? You know, like, I wish I didn't have these parents or, you know, like, I wish my mom or dad was something more like this person's parents yep. or whatever. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You remember, you remember those? Yeah. Oh, so, yes. But but now looking back at it, like, how how can you fault your parents for their upbringing that was their upbringing oh. that was what they knew and that was their reality and their perspective of how the world was because of the way their parents brought them up it's it's and, so true yeah. you know what and i think i just went through this in therapy i know i talk about therapy a lot but it is a huge chunk of my life and oh, go for it. i faulted my father 
for years on everything. And really what it boils down to on the stuff that he did or didn't do or didn't teach me or wasn't like, it was he didn't know any better. So for anybody yeah. out there who is struggling either with themselves or with, you know, maybe the way they were raised, and obviously I am not a therapist, but I've got a lot of hours of it. It is sometimes they just didn't know any different. So like you said, it's their upbringing. It's the way they are. They just, they didn't know any different. And sometimes if you don't know any different as a person, as a father, I think, or as a mother, it's go out, talk to other people, do some research, uh, shameless plug, listen to our podcast and just like go and learn something different because that's how you expand your horizons. Exactly. I, I think that's a good way to wrap this up because I think, you know, I my, my parents at some point, like I think they used to love to learn as the years went on. And I don't know if it was just wear and tear that us boys gave our, uh, my parents, but at some point they, they, I didn't see them learning anymore. Like they still have a hard time working the computer or a phone. <laughs> So <laughs> I I would love to have seen my dad with with social media because he obviously passed before yeah. long before social media even came or, you know, he never really knew computers um, actually at all. He bought us one early in life uh, thinking this is going to be a thing, but he never learned it himself. So it was yeah. quite uh, it was, I'd love to see my dad with the computer. And, today. and that just showed <laughs> that just showed me that. You know, learning is just for life, like no matter what. Yeah. And if as soon as you stop learning, I mean, there is scientific proof that your brain will actually shrink. And true. that's not something, you know, I want to do for myself and my family. So like I'm continuously learning always. And this podcast is one example. Like I didn't know how to do a podcast five weeks ago, but we're doing it. <laughs> and so like I will never stop learning. And that's something I want to pass, pass along to my kids also. Still don't. Know. Sorry, I still don't know how to do a podcast. But Sundeep just tells me every week that we're recording at this time, and I just talk. So, I mean, I just I know how to talk. So I guess I know how to do that part of podcasting. But uh, if it I'm just learning to have a lot more faith in my abilities, and you know, like I want to bring people along like you for the ride. So, you know, I hope you dragged I, me I hope along for the ride just for a. For everybody out there, yeah. I'm being dragged. Yeah, pa- Patrick was stubborn. Yeah, it took about a year of courting him to do, not a year, but maybe six months to get him to do this. Oh, but I'm glad you did, and I'm glad we're doing this. And you know, it's fun now. I'm having a lot of like fun with you, and you know, hopefully this turns into something, and hopefully we provide value to all our listeners out there. And you tune in, you give us comments about what you want us to talk about. Um, by the way, while I while I just said that, I remembered we have a Facebook page out there right now. Um, and so like, if you ever go on it, um, moments of brilliance, um, you, same logo that we have for everything else. Like it's just our two faces in a, in a cartoon style. Um, if you find us, leave us a comment, talk to us. Like we even have a Facebook private page chat, which we send out to like friends and family and anyone who we want. So if you want to be a part of that, that's a group where we're trying to build conversation and discussion about, you know, topics you can give us to talk about or anything that you want. And if you feel like you have a story to share, 
like we would love to have guests on our podcast so you you could be our first guest potentially. So let us know, like drop us some feedback, some comments, and we're here for you. Yeah. I think that is a great way to, to wrap up today. We want the comments. We want the stories. We want the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever it might be. If we've said something that uh, really resonated with you, let us know. And I think that's important because we're going to, you know, we're going to start doing these little podcast extras there was actually one topic a couple of weeks ago that seems to be getting a lot of um, attention uh, one of the clips so we're going to be next week we're going to put out a podcast extra all about sleeping in separate rooms that seems to be a topic that is resonating like crazy um, so we're going to talk a bit about that uh, and you know from there we'll, we'll keep going and I think the next full podcast we're going to do we're going to talk about raising kids during COVID. So we've talked a bit about kind of our past and what we're doing, but it's like, now what is it about? How was it raising them during a very different time in the entire world? What was that like? What tips can we give for anybody who's having a hard time, you know, raising them, whether it was through COVID or, you know, there's a lot of sick days with kids. Fall is here. Winter's coming. There's a lot of sick days. Everybody, a lot of people work. So it's, how do you raise that kid during those times? So I think, uh, Sandeep, any any final comments for today? No, I, I'm just thrilled to see, you know, we're like we're on our third episode now. Um, fourth, if you count our pilot. And I'm just thrilled to see the progression and, you know, the growth of this channel. And I'm looking forward to, to helping more people along the way. So Absolutely. thank you, everyone, for listening. Absolutely. And, uh, Hope to see you next week. Yes, thank you very much, everybody. We'll see you next week. Moments of Brilliance, a podcast about life, laughter, and raising daughters. Mm-hmm.